Hello, and welcome back to Think Torah. We're a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. The following series is a series I'm going to be conducting. It's something I'm super passionate about. I think it's the intersect between technology, innovation, and almost education. And I bring on lots of, really, I call them educators because they may be rabbis, they may not be rabbis, but they are Torah educators and they want to bring a Torah mission out to the world. And they're doing that online and using online media that I find inspiring that they're able to use and that they're able to use technology to further the mission of God. And that's amazing to me. I have a conversation today with Ellie Goldsmith, who is a rabbi, but does not like going by the title of Rabbi Goldsmith. So we call him Ellie. So this is Ellie a.k.a. Laser G, a.k.a. Midnight Rabbi. For those of you who don't know Rabbi Ellie Goldsmith, to name a few roles which he occupies today, he's currently the program director of Breast of Israel, tour director and PR head of English Amuna. He's the host of three podcasts, The Relationship Flow, The Ellie Goldsmith Inspired Flow, and The Breast of Israel Podcast. He's the MC and the host of the popular Amuna class with Diane Elgrad and Rav Shalom Arush, the author of the Garden of Amuna series. He's produced the United Souls album featuring tracks from Joey Newcomb and Shlomo Nathan Katz. He's also the booking manager for Nisim Black, a popular Jewish rapper and thought leader. He's also currently writing a book as well. He manages also the Breast of Israel in English YouTube channel, which has over 8,000 subscribers and posts new videos daily. And he runs the Facebook pages for Breast of Israel. I myself have a personal connection with Rabbi Goldsmith, and I told you about this. I think I've texted you uh, this personally. Um, I want to share this just to give my Hakar Satov to you that you really started me on this journey of podcasting. There wasn't much out there when I started and I, I was looking for Jewish podcasts and using every keyword in the book on Spotify. And I came to one of your flow podcasts and it opened me up to um, Anchor, which is the which is the hosting site, which I use um, to this day. So I, I have a lot of a car still for that. And, uh, this is awesome to get started with you. So welcome to the pod, Rabbi Goldsmith. Thank you, Aaron. And we, we both owe appreciation to the famous Gary V Vaynerchuk, a nice friendly Jew over there in the U S who was his post and recommendation of anchor app, which, um, allowed us to communicate so that our souls that were probably already communicating anyway, can now manifest down here and communicate um, through podcasting and other, you know, social media ways. Uh, did I, did I, just to make sure, did I get all that right? I know it was a big list of You things, did a great but... job. <laughs> I, I just like, not used to hearing, you know, all the work, thank God that I've been blessed to do this last year or so. You know, obviously life is very um, versatile and we need a lot of, of uh, flexibility nowadays. So with the Corona challenge, there's been a lot of transition. Usually uh, right now I'd be in uh, somewhere like maybe Miami or New York. I go on a yearly tour with Rav Shalom Marush and we connect with lots of famous special guests like Charlie Harari and, and uh, you know, in, in Miami, Gedalia Fenster and all the other places in Toronto of uh, Gillison and all the different great locations we go to, Mexico City. And I'm sitting here in my in my room. I was just in my office, but now I'm in my room, so I could have some privacy for this podcast. And the Ashkacha practice is that I I'm available. The divine flow is that I'm available to talk about this together with you instead of on on the road, where I probably wouldn't have the time or the peace of mind to have this discussion. So I just recognize that there's been a switch. That we're, the online platforms are even more important. All the things you mentioned are even more needed. And therefore, our conversation has even more um, priority in my life. And I appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Yeah, we spoke to this a bit off off camera, but I want to um, I want to bring it back up is what, which one of those titles is the hardest for you to hear someone else uh, say for you that they say you're ex. So the students themselves in Ned Jake back in the day, we're talking about over 10 years ago. They're the ones who call me the midnight rabbi because that was what I was doing. I was up all night every night for many years with Ned Jake, Neve Sion, Netzach, and if any of these yeshivas exist, maybe Neve Sion, um, Kesha. As a, a all personal these note, my, my uncle is uh, Rabbi Lif. Rabbi Shui Lif is my, is my oh, uncle. Oh, so. that was my favorite yeshiva. 
I, lo I love that place. That was, that was the best, one of the best few years I worked at a place. Um, not just because of the name Midnight Rabbi, but the, the, he gave me the full permission to be there late at night and work with the boys. And then I had a class late afternoon when they'd finally wake up again. Um, and uh, we did, a, you know, big shows. We did the Unity concerts back then when there was, you know, more money flowing into the yeshiva world before the whole breakdown of Madoff and everything that went on um, around that time. So it was a good time period and I, I always fondly remember and all the students that were there then and the rabbis, including Rabbi Lev, are a big part of my journey and, you know, the Midnight Rabbi lives on online now. So And I want to skip the the background of, of Ellie Goldsmith and who you are and uh, where you came from. If there's anything that's important within the context, you know, please, please share. But um, I want to move to your, to your mission, to what you're doing here through all of your different titles and all your different um, and things that you're able to project um, Torah ideas through. It seems like the, the theme is unity. I see it right behind you. It's united souls and unity inspired. And uh, there's a lot of unity. So uh, let's, I want to unpack that. I was really intrigued by that. looking into you online, looking to all the things. Um, where does that, where does that inspiration come from and what's the mission and what's the goal? So I want to keep it current because obviously there's, like you said, there's been a history, how I got to this, you know, we just had an election in America. I don't like to go to political. I never go political, but the fact is that there's an obvious lack of unity in the world. I, I noticed this many years ago, I even Googled unity and the amount of organizations and efforts to create unity is almost nothing. It's limited. Um, I do think there's an actual active um, intention to prevent unity because it, it takes away a lot of the narratives out there without getting too political or too, um, you know, conspiracy minded, that kind of thing. But I, I'm a big fan of a podcast called Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah. So he's probably the biggest podcaster right now that I listen to. And the question is, do you make it? The question is, do you make it to the end? I, I find that you do. So, all right, so good. These are the people I like to associate with. I make it to the end. Yeah. Full on everything I do. So even a podcast, even if it goes three hours, I'll make sure. I'll, uh, and if I don't make it through the three hours in one go, I'll get back to it. I'm very thorough, especially in my experience with online you know, like I have my people I listen to on Torah Anytime and all these other uh, online platforms for Torah and spirituality. But then at the same time, I feel like I have to keep myself universal. And that goes together with the unity concept. But just to mention a point that's very current, that there was a, uh, a movement and a, perfect, a celebrity on his podcast who mentioned Unity 2020. And it got taken down. It never got, it never really took off. I don't know the facts, you know, if we're going to be like Ben Shapiro, I didn't go and sit and research and find out all the specifics of this point. But trusting Joe Rogan's, you know, assessment at that, at this point, that, and based on the lack of, um, once again, paraphernalia online, like no one's talked about this Unity 2020. Like I don't see it in anyone's post. Uh, it's come out, never come up, you know, uh, at all since I heard about it and then heard that it was taken down. So the lack of unity, and I think that's always a good key with business, like Tim Ferriss is also someone who I, one of the first podcasters I ever started listening to. Um, he mentions over there about finding the things that people are missing, that they're not getting currently, the resources and the services. And also knowing the right questions to ask. That's a big statement from Tim Ferriss. Always like a very Jewish cop kind of mindset, Yiddish cop of, of framing, a, you know, framing a cash, having the right questions. This is the key to, to business as well and to fulfilling a need in the world and the lack of unity. I mean, I grew up uh, just, a, just a little bit of history. My family put on the biggest events in history, Live Aid, Live Earth, um, you know, they did the Olympics and the big, big, big events that beyond, you know, our understanding of how much logistics and and complications that went in. I mean, you can look it up online, the, the documentaries about Live Aid, for example, my uncle Harvey and my father, who was doing all the merchandise and licensing and stuff at that time. 
it was massive and I grew up, that was my upbringing in that kind of environment, being in the Royal Box and those kind of events and seeing it all go on. And I saw the power of a few Jews, my father, my uncle, and now my brothers and a bunch of other people like who were able to create tremendous events that bridged all gaps, all society had billions of views uh, through what was then satellite streaming. And when I come to Eretz Israel and I sit in yeshiva and try to do my, my part to grow in Judaism and spirituality and then have the merit to teach people and learn with Bochrim and students and connect to people online, I realized that, you know, the, the unity aspect, if I just sit by myself and do my thing, I could definitely impact my, my sphere of influence, as Stephen Covey says, but I'm not really doing the scale of potential that I can accomplish. And that, that was something I actually wrote about last night in my United Souls book, which I'm writing currently, and I'm happy you mentioned it. Um, it's the first book that I'm seriously writing. I did have a book out, and it's you can Google it, Happy Husband, Wifey. It's on a publisher called Our Books. No one really looks at it. Um, it was just more of a fun, little, silly, comical tale about my wife and I, and thank God we're married 19 years. The way I've continued that theme of, of relationship is the Relationship Flow podcasts. I find it much easier to talk about relationships through um, audio and just talk it out, have a flow. But writing now is the United Souls as a continuation, is putting into words all the different work I'm doing, and specifically this point about not underestimating our ability, our talents, our strengths to be impactful. And I think that's something that the Jewish people as a whole, especially in the Torah world, you know, and I'm, when I say Torah world, I mean people, you know, that have thank God, being blessed with learning Torah and understand that it's important and there's Torah mitzvahs, that kind of large um, world that we exist in, but in the world out there is still not knowing much about, you know, there's a few documentaries in Netflix which give some very obscure view of what we're doing, but um, to say the least, but we're not really impacting in the media world and the, and the large one. And you say, well, that's you know, there's different ashitas about that in our, in our circles. And I had a time period, which I'll never forget, where when I was at Ned Jake was literally the beginning of me making a little bit of a transition. But up until Ned Jake as the Midnight Rabbi, I was not online for 10 years. I, I didn't even have a computer. One time I had a computer and I asked permission for a rub to have it. And he told me to do this and that. And I did it and the computer broke. And he said, Baruch Hashem, move on. And I didn't have a computer, I wasn't online for years. And having that isolation of just pure spirituality was very important for me to, as part of building my family and growing here in the Holy Land in Jerusalem. But then the last 10 years has been the opposite. You know, I, I got pushed online by the students and the staff of the places I worked at. And then once I was online, slowly, slowly finding my way. And like I said, the the ability to impact and make a universal message has come become a very apparent. You know, I just turned 40, so I'm now at that stage of life where I feel like I've internalized a lot. The, the, the idea of 40 is Bina, and we have more of an understanding heart, like it says in Perkavos. So hopefully, I, I believe with Hashem's help, and a lot of blessings from my, my spiritual guides, my Rebbe's and people that I speak to that I have the ability to now impact. And my wife and I, we're ready to do that as a couple, as individuals. You know, she's still much more um, internal and wanting to be much more strategic how she goes about it. But I've already, I've already been doing this for like, say, like almost like I said, 10 years excuse me, I've been out there really trying to impact. And I think that the ability to impact nowadays is, is, uh, is not just important, it's actually an obligation. Like, I'm not obligating every person out there. I don't like telling people what to do. But I feel it myself and you, Aaron, that we are obligated to do this. Because once we've understood how to do it, with a touch base, we see how easy Anchor is, how how accessible it is, 
and it literally um, with focus and and using a, an effective schedule, you can really get a lot of content out there very quickly. It doesn't need to have a whole editing team. Like I just put up a video um, just now before I started this on my weekly cast for Breslov Israel for, for Rav Shalom Arish's network. And I do a weekly cast on a Monday at 2 p.m. live. They have an editing team. Now it takes them a few days to do the editing. But what we've realized with our live studio that we have, we do our Muna class on, on the Tuesday night, 11 p.m., and with the technology in our own hands, the phones and stuff, fine, the studio is a different level, but the phones is very good quality. Like when the studio wasn't available because of corona and other problems and shutdowns, I didn't say, oh, well, I'm not going to do a class. No, I'm going to do a class. I'm going to sit in my house, you know, obviously better position I'm sitting now visually, but I'm going to sit and I'm going to, give over a class and so that people who are waiting for that weekly boost then it goes out on all platforms that's the other thing that once you put on anchor it goes out on all the audio platforms it goes to um, spotify and podcast uh, and google and, and apple Stitcher, and all the right. yeah all the different platforms you don't really have to do that much other than give it a title a description and a picture and speak, you know, do, do whatever the podcast is. You can have music, you can have all kinds of effects. There's all kinds of stuff you can add as well. And obviously there's level, higher and higher levels of, you know, if you go to say someone like, you know, Ben Shapiro, Daily Wire, and you see the amount of stuff of effort he's putting into his, you know, whole production, it's, it's a massive team, you know, he even has a makeup and, you know, hair, you know, so do there's, you. there's all the, the level of having producers, so do you, having Ellie, a massive, you know, you don't million. have makeup. You huh? don't have makeup. You look great on the on the no, set. No, I, I actually, I, I appreciate your sense of humor, <laughs> and I make this joke once in a while. But I really, thank God, have to pretty much do everything myself when it comes to my podcast and my video. One man band. And my point. That's no, but my point in mentioning this is, I've never allowed my infrastructure, or my lack of infrastructure, to hold me back from trying to put content out there. And I think that that is the encouragement we all need. You know, Avram Avinu right now is in the Pasha. You know, do you think he was, you know, worried if he didn't have his servants available that day or, you know, the, the food wasn't made? The way? He'd go do it himself. Yeah, that was the whole point in, the, in Pasha's Vieira, this week's Pasha. The, he, the one thing he didn't do is when he sent Eliezer with the water is what caused all the tests later on for his descendants with the water. Yeah, with the Maimariva and all the other things, you can look it up in the Pasha. But the point is that Abhavina didn't have excuses. He went and did it. And I'm named after Eliezer, which is a, one of my names, Elio Eliezer, named after Abdesla originally. But though, if you trace the name back, Eliezer is, you know, Eliezer Evan Avram. And he, he was someone who was doing the mission of Abhavina in the world, which is in my opinion, really is the key to this, this whole redemption. You know, we end off Shemona Esrei's Mogen Avram. We end off, that's the Chesimah of Shemona Esrei. The whole idea of Chesed and being Mashpir is in our essence. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you with a beard and payers and in a from home kosher shtib, you know, in Yushalayim or Kodesh, if it wasn't for the Chesed that people like the Chabadniks did on university campuses when I was there, or the the Asia Torah in Osamer when I came to Yushalayim, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you nothing, you know, unless, you know, a miracle, complete nace like Elianovi revealed, which he did at one point, but he kept revealing himself, so I had a place I could just sit and learn with him all day. Um, if I hadn't had those institutes and uh, all that effort from all the organizations of, of and Siddiquim, of Chabad Rebbe, and all the chesed of all the people in Yushalayim, all the kindness of Abba Vina's light, I wouldn't be sitting here. So now, being the fact that we have had such a change in events, you know, like you mentioned Nissim Black, I was putting on events, I was managing Nissim for many years and, you know, and helping him with his booking the last year or, year or two. And the booking, the whole thing went on its head. You know, we, we can't do really live events. And right now I'm speaking to California. There's a whole group of Chabad organizations that want to host Nissim. And they're worried because they only can do outdoor events and it's the middle of the winter. So my, even in California, as nice as the weather is, you know, but it's a big place, California, in some places it rains, you know? So 
a lot, a lot of the options have once again have, have switched to online. You know, Nisim himself wants to do a podcast. You know, um, it's it's that's where it's at. That's where the content needs to be online. And I think, you know, slowly it's happening. Like Gedalia Fenster, he puts up his classes on SoundCloud and YouTube. So I said to him, look, I'm happy to share. When I was in Miami with him, you know, I had the pleasure to stay by him and we, we hang out a little bit when I come. And I, he's not really a hanging out kind of guy, but he took me out for frozen yogurt. You know, he won't talk about this publicly, but it was a place which he actually made kosher. That's the kind of impact he has. He made, it was near his gym. He wanted to have a frozen yogurt. He went in there, brought in a rabbi and made the place kosher. That's the kind of like impact he has on his Saviva. Like he just changes things wherever he is. So I said to him, look, we'll put it on all your content on our on our network. So in the end, I decided, you know, rather than put all of it, I'll put one week. The main class he does a week online is a YouTube class. We'll use that one. And eventually when I get back to work, hopefully I'll go put that up on our Brezov network. But the difference is that he doesn't have is we put it on a podcast network. And I mentioned to him, it's not like I'm saying it's like my trick and you don't have. Remember, everything for me is collaborative. And one of the reasons why I don't talk about talk about myself so much and is, as I said before we spoke uh, the, uh, and recorded this, that it's not about me, it's not about I, it's not, no agenda. It's a spiritual reality that we're souls. That's the idea of the book I'm writing, that we are united souls and we have a, a mission in this world to fulfill our purpose and to have that joy of life and fulfillment. We have to do what our soul is here to do, which is to be a giver and no saying, like Abba and to give out that light to the world through whatever measure that a method that is. And podcasting is now the biggest industry. Like we mentioned Joe Rogan, he's probably having, and Ben Shapiro and all these guys are having more of an impact on the media world than the old media corporations. So it proves the point that it's a billion dollar industry. It's an opportunity for people and, and we're not just pushing podcasts i mean i think yeah, you have it's to do all, it everywhere. it's all technology TikTok, it's it's all the yeah media, instagram yeah. facebook i've tried every i'm doing it everywhere i'm on whatsapp status like every day updating you can take a look now that we've got my phone whatsapp phone every day putting up links and, and photos and you know people hopefully actually click the links but a lot of people just look at the visual stuff so therefore i have to once in a while put it on make the effort and make a smaller video um you know, it's we, endless. It's, easy it's now, endless the opportunity again, of, of what you can do and who you can reach. It's really, uh, yeah, yeah. So, for example, that Tuesday night class, we have the ability. You know, we had Nissan Black there. It was obviously a very popular class. So we we took a few parts of it and put it up on TikTok. And you know, when you know, especially when we had a special guest from Tel Aviv, Ben Blackwell, a lot of people were interested in that. You know, that that got thousands of views on TikTok and the on Facebook and YouTube, where the whole class is. It's got thousands of views and you know when we had Nissan by himself it's thousands and thousands of views you know we're talking about uh the facebook video is uh, around eighty thousand views now and uh the youtube video is in you know the thousands it's harder for youtube i think to go viral and unless yeah. you really put money into it and push it um there are techniques how to do that but once again you know i'm i'm not with the best resources like the the, the people who edit my video on Brezov. They do a good job editing, but they don't know how to do more than that. So, um, you know, we're still in a learning process. You know, the online live feed, we've just been doing these these Amuna classes and we're on our 15th. And every time we're learning more and more things, how to make it better. And it's a constant learning process and how to really make the biggest impact. I feel like I'm still just at the beginning, honestly. I'm talking to you right now, like I'm 40 years old. I've, you know, thank God, had lots of shirim. There's many shirim of mine on SoundCloud, uh, all over the place. There's, you know, there's my podcast. Um, I never made it to tour anytime, which is fine because thank God there's a lot of rabbis there, and I don't need to, to just be another one. Um, I thank, thank God that the ones who I listen to, I'll just give some names since we're here, who influenced me a lot, and I speak to them directly as well. Is and that's another important thing. If you have a rabbi. Excuse me. You have someone you connect to. Don't be quiet. Like what you've done, Aaron, is exactly what everybody needs to do. If you felt I inspired you, reach out to me and tell me, because I need to know that. I, not because of ego, anything. Once again, any agenda, but just because of the fact we're all nishamas and we need to communicate to each other, give each other 
uh, like the midst of a chorus of tov, like you said before, showing appreciation, recognizing people that are working hard in a, in a positive way, it just increases their strength. Like I, I sent an email to Rav Y.Y. Jacobson, who's one of the speakers, Rafishal Schechter, uh, Moshe Weinberger, these are the kind of people I listen to online. And I send them all an email just giving them good news. No, no, I need this, help me, Nebuch, you know, all this Rachmanus. No, uh, you know, Corona, blah, blah, blah. I didn't say nothing like that. I've had those conversations in the right time with them also. But I just wanted to give them one. I always tell them I appreciate everything they do so much. I get such inspiration, such chizuk. Thank you. Keep it up. Keep, keep encouraging us. Keep giving us the chizuk we need. But then I also just gave them some good news. And all of them appreciated it. Yeah, I got an email immediately from Fischer Schechter. Y.Y. Jackson took another day. And Moshe Weinberger, it, it comes eventually. He's like, he's maybe got a lot on his head more than anyone. Yeah. But the point is that eventually you get feedback. I, also, it's so I important in the age of in the age of things move online, the the speaker themselves don't get that. Sorry, they don't see the the eye contact and the responses from the the people, and they sometimes they can get that just by speaking, and they they understand that. So an email back is the equivalent of like a nod during a during a speech, which is so important for them to see. Exactly, an email or you know, we one of the important things for in order for our networks to grow. The people are listening need to go and share our podcast in their network and not be afraid. Say, oh, but this guy, you know, he said over uh, about Avmavinu. It's not cool amongst my network to talk about Avmavinu, yeah? So you make it cool, yeah? Like, you make, you change that because Avmavinu is the key to the world. Like, were you going to deny the world knowing about Avmavinu? They need to know about Avram because he was, he's Morgan Avram. He's what you, every day you say Shimon Esrei. If you really believe what you're saying, you got to believe and, and know 100%, not even with doubt, that Amravina is the most important energy in light, especially when we're reading about him in the Parshish. It's alive. The Torah is alive. Everything's happening right now, current. They all talk about live feed and trending. What's trending? Trending right now this week is Amravina. That's what's trending. And people need to get into that mindset. They need to spiritualize the internet and stop saying, oh, but look how big all these powerful voices are, like Trump and everyone else is so powerful, their impact. So I'm just some nobody and I, I have my few likes a day and, you know, nobody really cares. No, don't listen to that. That's the eight Sahara. That's the evil inclination. We have to do our role and keep putting out content and it will grow. And by all of us, whoever's listening here, keep sharing. That's another 10, another 20, another 30. And it grows. Eventually, the world will wake up to hearing true content. You know, the, the fact, for example, that now, you know, and once again, I'm not aligning myself. There are people out there, you know, Shem should protect us, who are unfortunately opposing people out there, you know. Um, and that's in the Torah world as well. Like, they can blacklist you, yeah? We should never know that. I try to stay away from all that. Like, I'm, I'm not, when I mention names, it's all about learning the good we can learn from. Um, if there's been people who have blacklisted some of those names, so I don't agree with that one, that approach of blacklisting. I think you can definitely teach people uh, the, the, the concepts about blacklisting. I don't think to put anyone into to online jail is a, is a right approach. And I think that all of us should have the ability to bring out the good from each other and co collaborate. And that's part of my unity focus, you know, like, I'm willing, I spend a few hours every week speaking to Zoom communities who are, majority are not Jewish, and if they are Jewish, then definitely not religious or, or in a noticeable way, or, you know, spiritually, they're all very sensitive spiritual people, and that's one of the reasons I love talking to them. But the concepts, you have to keep very universal, and that will allow you to communicate to all kinds of people, and we, as, you know, people that have had the merit to learn Torah, have an obligation to learn how to communicate to everybody. And not just, you know, not everyone can do it. So if people don't do it, it's fine. You know, if they have other things, they're going to be a rabbi who's going to teach all of us how the Torah aspects, and they're not going to, you know, there's different paths in the Jewish world, and it's totally acceptable. I'm not judging anyone. But once you're already out there, you have to translate your words into English. You know, we're speaking, I can speak a bit more Torah words and say a bit more Hebrew and Noshim Kodesh and, and Yiddish together and you get the points. But if I'm speaking on a Zoom community, I would not mention any of those words. 
You know, funny enough, there was a, um, a lady who came on and was talking about Yiddish. So then, you know, I started making some jokes in Yiddish and made the made everyone laugh a little bit. Because, you know, Ich weiß Yiddish, Baruch Hashem, my kinder weiß Yiddish, you know, it's, you know, I'm not like, I'm not fluent, but I've been, had the merit to sit by Siddiquim and, and here in Mamalosh and a lot of Shmuzim. And I feel like, once again, if my foundation is in all that spirituality and that's where my heart is, my heart is, is Rachmana Liebeboy, is with Hashem. And that's what I'm trying to do. Then the content that I allow to flow is hopefully always coming from that, from that sincere journey. And that's my hope in my book as well. I'm not going to uh, go around looking for Skamot from, you know, big Gedolim and that kind of thing. I want it to be a universal book. And I want my podcast to be universal. I, I do have Askama in a way from Avorish. He believes in me. And that's why I'm teaching on his website. And he gives me that platform. And I appreciate it very much from Avshalom Arish. Um, so I have his definite support. But I do feel like he's a bit, a little bit unique as one of the big Rabonim in terms of how far he's gone in his ability to impact in terms of all the books he's written and the accessibility he's made for himself online. And I, I think that's unique. But once again, I do feel that that's part of my journey, being about Tshuva, that he is also about Tshuva. And I think that we you know, understand the importance of bridging, bridging Within both your worlds. flow, first of all, I, I'm not sure, Lahavdio, uh, but I like the flow is uh, very similar to what, what just because you mentioned on the Joe Rogan podcast with, uh, with Kanye, is these ideas flow from thing to thing within his within his words. So lahavdil, the words that you're saying, Baruch Hashem, are, are Kaddish and are about Avram Avinu and about good things. And uh, and I love the flow. And within the flow, there was a bit of a loop there. And I want to unpack that for a moment, that you said originally your relationship maybe with technology and spreading, techno- spreading Torah through technology was um, different than it is now. And I, I want to unpack that a bit because I think that it's a personal um, um, journey as well. So, you know, how you relate to it. But there's also philosophy there and there's also Jewish philosophy. And how do you view that as a Torah philosophy be, to be using the technology, that the innovations of today to help? And I know you spoke to this a bit, but I want to speak about it more in terms of your journey and more in terms of the philosophy of it. Yeah, so I was very reluctant to get involved with the online world for many years, being I was close to Rev. Simai Zilberberg and Holy Holy Sadiqim here in Yushalayim. And the idea of the internet and to- and anything that was Bittal Toya was something which was very, you know, strong in my focus. Um, I would say influences, you know, my my Torah Hashkafa would be Rav Sodek Cohen, Lublin and Leibelager and, you know, Ravi Nachman and uh, the Balatanya. I think they would be the, the the four strongest influencers, and the Tolna Rebbe, of course, who's my Rebbe now. But um, I think that I've had this conversation with my Rebbe. Like, I, example would be Ami Magazine. So they reached out to me a few times to get interviews from different people. I speak to the chief editor once in a while for recommendations, and you know, Rev Yitzhak Frankfurter. Now, he's obviously running an organization which is impacting. You know, if you look right now online with Twitter and, you know, they're making a noise now. Um, It took them a while to get there, but they're there now. Um, I think everyone on some level is transitioning to this reality, this online reality in the film world. I think as a universal reality, we're all going through it on some level of trying to grapple. Some are saying it's Asa and some are saying it's Muta or Mitzvah, you know, like a... I think there's a lot of different sheeters and everyone has to do what's best for them. I try to stay away from sheeters personally. I, like you said, I'm more into the flow. Hashem was the one who brought me to him in a very like profound way. I can talk about my tuba journey. And I think if I communicate from that place, it might not be understood by everybody. But the point is that that initial inspiration to deny that to people, that what inspired me, that kindness, and that it would be a mistake, like uh, for me. Um, Chabad, for example, is definitely a big voice in everything, I believe. You know, they, they are 
leaders in Kirov and any organization who tries to take the crown, in my opinion, would be a mistake. I think they're the biggest um, influential Kirov organization in the world till now um, in so many ways. At the same time, I love talking to like the head of Aish online, um, Stephen Berg, I think his name is. And, and in the end, I realized that all these influential people, you know, are all doing important parts of getting the Jewish people to where we need to be in this time in 2020. You know, we are online. Our children are having to learn online. You know, thank God my kids finally just went back to school. So what, when they go online, what are they going to see? So thank God my, my kids now go online and obviously I, I'm there to be like, you know, guiding them. They see, thank God, my YouTube videos, they come up, yeah? And they like them themselves on my, on my wife's YouTube channel, you know? And I don't even have to, you know, that's nice. I've, even, I've even seen them watching them, you know? Not that I think that they're made for children. Right? With one of the things you have to choose on YouTube right. is they're not making this for children because then it gets very legal and stuff. But uh, my kids have watched them and, you know, it's, an, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, for example, my older kids are more tech savvy and they're going on their journey. And knowing that I can send them a clip from me with Rav Orish and, you know, whoever was the guest that week and they, they, they think it's cool and they relate to it. And so it, I'm able to keep up somewhat with my, the new generation coming up. So it's almost like a organic development that once I had, when I had little kids, I could be in this pure bubble of just purity and spirituality and Torah and just really envelop in that. And once I was pushed by my rebellion to go out and teach and make panasa, and that was the emphasis, no longer was it on Torah, Torah, but it was panasa, panasa. So that becomes now, how am I going to do it in the right way? So I've set up all my technology, my emails, my WhatsApp groups, everything is set up. Like, I'd love to give a class one day to guard your eyes, people, because they're, a lot of their approach over there, not all by all, everyone, but a lot of the approach, obviously, is with filters and, you know, all kinds of different um, techniques and strategies and group efforts. But I also, I feel like I've built my own little protection in terms of by surrounding myself with positive influences, influences, and I do believe that we have a, a strong filter here. For example, Joe Rogan, he's not clean at all. I would never tell any from people to like get up in a public forum and say, now everyone should go listen to Joe Rogan. I would say, don't listen to Joe Rogan. And I even called him out in my Amuna class, because I know there's a lot of people who, do, who come there who are not Jewish or not religious at all. And I mentioned Joe Rogan and I mentioned his mistakes, yeah? Example, he spoke about masturbating completely wrong, yeah, his approach on that point. And I feel like if we don't become a voice on some level for the millions and billions even of people that are listening to all these people, the world and the new generation and all our friends, they're just not going to get the das, the wisdom that they need to, to grow and handle this kind of influx of, of uh, you know, online info and we're, we're therefore we're failing to do our job to mahanich our families and the next generation if we're not on there online like Ravalosky, he's another one i listen to he's now on podcasts he's on youtube great more 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 should follow yeah, his there's ways. a point to be said yeah? as well to, to flooding almost flooding the feeds with with torah content and even if it's um ed, like educational but even even more um entertainment is that it's it's flowing and there's a there's a constant flood so that when we transition as a community and as a society, the from community transitions onto the internet and online learning, it's there. The infrastructure is there. And there's podcasts for Jews. There's lots of them, popular ones that will fall up in your feed. And there's YouTube videos of young rabbis and old rabbis. And Rav Asher Weiss has a, now has a, has a YouTube channel, which they're dil diligently posting. Yeah, Rav Biederman. And Biederman's amazing. You know, like I... He's another big influence. I read his his pasha sheets like they're like my 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 chumash If you can't week, do it yourself, you know? then you build. And he has all those little clips. I don't have time to personally to sit and watch every clip. For me, it's much preferable audio. That's why I love this podcast platform because I can listen while I'm doing Put stuff. Put in AirPods, and I'm good to I'm go. I'm a very active person. 
and yeah the audio platform for me is where it's at right now like i really to watch a youtube video i use it almost as an audio platform it's very hard for me to sit and focus on a class or on a youtube platform why do i teach classes on youtube because there are people who do and why do i have a website that puts out or video classes because i do but personally where's my most work gone into personally what i care about is the podcast i feel like the audio plat audio level is really where it's at i i do post on it and guess what for all you jewish listeners and jewish podcasters it's free it doesn't cost you nothing and with every jew you know i got a coin thrown at me as when i was a five-year-old kid in school and said you know stingy jew pick up the coin yeah i had that experience as a kid but let's use that that aspect of ourselves that we understand the importance of money and use it for holiness that we we can use this platform for free and not only that if you're good enough and can eventually even monetize you yeah and you can start getting paid um you know monthly online streaming um fee or whatever it's called a streaming uh, it, sure. That's i don't know idea. what the name is a streaming bill or whatever. It, sure. yeah so for example like you know anchor they'll find you sponsors and you can put those sponsors on your on your podcast i haven't reached that high level monetization i like i joke to my wife oh look i'm now up to you know 11 dollars you know <laughs> i'm not going to bother that's a goal that of mine as well you know, to help it. to but help podcasters the point is that, uh, monetize but also with ethical advertising where it's not just they're talking about some hand cream or, or shaver where you're actually talking about things that um unite and that help the the jewish community so that's that's a goal of mine with with the network as well and i think it's a I mean, we should just look at Ben Shapiro and what he does with Daily Wire. I mean, his advertisements are entertaining. Like, I, I usually I hate advertisements, but they totally flow into what he's saying, and they're amazing. I like, like the, Tim Ferriss, amazing the Tim Ferriss model where he actually uses the items, and he it's 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 much more authentic. It doesn't feel. That's my personal opinion. But... Yeah, no, but that's Ben Shapiro does that also. He, he all the things he advertises, he's also using as well. I think that's the key with a lot of it. Like there's another guy, Lewis Howes, who's, you know, I, I call him uh, Jewish Lewis. He's not Jewish at all, but there's something about him that just, he's just such a good guy. Like I, I met him actually, and he came to visit Israel, a volleyball tournament, and I went and met, met with him. He's just got such great energy, and he's, there's a lot of good energy people out there in the non-Jewish world who their message you can see they're looking for truth. Now, the, the, the thing that pains me is none of us are there. That they never listen to us. They never listen to the Torah world. They never heard. Maybe Ben Shapiro is about as Jewish as they get. And, you know, it's just like, where are we? Or, or a Chabad guy or Mayor K. Mayor K is starting to come up now, you know, as a, as a voice. But that's it. It's very minimal. And it's, you know, Oprah does like a one-time special about Chabad, and that's that's Until it. Until the Netflix again, yeah, the Netflix videos, other than you know, like I said, those. And that's horrible. I mean, we need. Where is our Netflix videos? Where are they? And I wrote to Netflix that, you know, you haven't fully represented cool. our people even a little bit. So you know, why can't you create a, a balance to the to the to the impact the Jewish world's making by allowing all kinds of different you know, people to come onto your platform and, and give over the, the fuller picture. Like, I would love Nissan Black to get on Netflix, even though he doesn't represent everybody, but at least he's a very sincere over the Shem. You know, I've worked with him for many years. I've seen that. And um, these are the kinds of things that I'm praying for. And the United Souls Unity Projects is all about, and I want collaboration. I want these kind of podcasts that you're doing, Aaron. I want this to grow. I want the projects to grow. I'd love to do more events. I have dreams of, of massive global streaming events online. And, you know, on some level, we just had someone from South Africa phone in to our Muna class. That's the kind of thing I want. We're going to Toronto in another few weeks. Um, we're going to do a Kazak event with, uh, with our studio recordings. And, you know, we, the more and more we want to try get out there the message in a different way because the values of Amuna that I work with Ravorish is also very universal. So I thank God found a, an approach with and a Rabonim and a team that I can work with that fits my personal mission as well of Amuna and unity and how do you, there's no, how do you deal there's no with the contradiction. Fact that, like taking the Amuna um, tour on online for for most of it and projecting most of your things online. There is a there is a part of it that 
um, people do just that. They put, put in the audio, they listen, and the personal connection maybe is not there. How do you build that? And you've said yourself, you, you, you send the emails and you make that personal connection, but that may not be available. So is the, does the advantage outweigh Hefsedo, uh, the fact that people are maybe are not connecting, the advantage of just spreading the ideas? And, and how do you deal with that? I just think that's it's interesting as you go into the tour, you were used to doing that in person. So, so we're going to awesome. have online meetings. You know, um, we already had a, a few Zoom, a few Zoom WhatsApp meetings with Rav Orish. Um, You know, it was very in, intense. Some of the questions that came up and Rav Orish passed like more intimate than gave over more intimate his and advice private, and brochures. Empty studio, just Ravorish, myself, and the Diane who's translating with Diane Elgood. And, you know, we obviously, in a very respectful, sensitive way, we, we talk to the people. And personally, I get hit up by a lot of emails day after day. Now it's coming on all levels, like Instagram, um, you know, the DM, people are DMing me all the time, get me a blessing from Ravorish. Uh, WhatsApp all the time, get me a blessing, here's my name. I have avenues to get to Avorish through the Dying and through myself and through his sons. And sometimes, you know, it, it works out that we, I can, you know, in the Muna class, get a lot of stuff done before and after. Um, and we're going to make special times for that as well. Um, we're going to set aside a whole day of two days, even Sunday, Monday for Toronto to have the meetings before and after with the community. And, they, you know, they have to pay for the time because Avorish's time is important. Um, myself, you know, you know, when, uh, this is there's no money mentioned about this podcast we're doing together right now. This is uh, often when I do my own projects. Thank God I collaboratively, um, I'm able to do it for free. You know, I did a, a few Unity music events. I did them free, and I think it's important here and there, like Gary V says, to give, give, and uh, you know, just keep giving content whether there's money there or not. But um, for Ravorish, we have to charge for the time and. Uh, People donate and partner and, you know, thank God, you know, there's a potential to really develop that online. It's all the things behind um, the scenes here that you're saying that are so, that's so fascinating that we don't, we only see the video. We only see, we don't even see really what's going on because there's a green screen, but we see, um, we, you know, we see the, the final product. Yeah, there's loads of, there's loads of planning that goes on. Who's going to be on the class? You know, thank God, being in the music business, I'm connected to loads of musicians. I was about to go out this past summer with a big Unity bookings, Stadlers, and it ended up just being Nissim because all the musicians, then they're not able to be speakers, most of them. So most of the bookings for Nissim were book were speaking jobs, you know, online uh, to 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 give chizuk to communities and. There was a few online concerts, like this This weekend is the Shabbat project. So we put out a, a, a concert for the Chalabek in Minnesota. And that was a half an hour concert that we videoed and sent to them. And thank God we booked that and they're very, very happy with the video. And hopefully the communities and people that will watch it will be inspired. And, you know, I'm happy I'm able to impact in so many different ways because I'm also an enabler. I'm a promoter. I'm a booking agent. That's exactly. I want to. I want to just speak. Well. To, can I speak to that for one second? The the different roles. The how do you balance that? Because it's fascinating. Whereas you have this this message of unity, and on one hand, you're, it's Jewish entertainment. It's Nisim Black, which that's a it's a broad stroke to call him a Jewish entertainer. I think that he's like you mentioned, uh, Evid Hashem, and I I love his. I think he's a thought leader. I think he's an important voice for all Jews. Um, but I want to hear from you how you balance the fact that maybe you're in Jewish entertainment, but on also in Jewish, you know, quality Torah content um, with with Rav Arush and the the, uh, the breast of Israel. So how do you balance those two? Um, I mean, it got difficult when I was on tours with Rav Arush because in terms I was also of the mission, of the mission, the same of, time. Of, of how does that sit well in your head that you're doing those two? Oh, they're totally one. You know, like that's that's the beauty of it. For example, Nissan Black, he's a student of Ravorish, so they're working together. You know, he's he Ravorish himself. As you asked, his, uh, I spoke to his son a lot about it. He's a very influential person there now, David Moshe Orish. Maybe he doesn't want his name mentioned, but it's worth quoting this point. He once said to me that in his opinion, the biggest influencer now of a Muna in the world is Nissan Black. 
because he's able to get out their message of, of Rav Oresh in a much more universal way. So, you know, Rav Oresh's videos will go out to the thousands. Nisim can go out to the millions. And it's not just about numbers, because numbers, numbers are important. Gedalia once said to me, that's one of the reasons he, he told me to stay with Rav Oresh. Gedalia Fenser, as a friend, he said to me, you've got to stay with Rav Oresh because it's all about numbers. And he's hitting the biggest numbers in terms of his books and that. But Nissan Black is hitting the numbers in terms of his music. And, you know, that the, the, it's not just the numbers, it's the, the message underneath is very sincere and it's all about Amuna. That's really what it comes to and, and that relationship with Hashem. Like I said, many flights I was with Nisim and, you know, he was doing a spodidus, you know, he, he was talking to Hashem. Well, you know, most people watching the latest, you know, blockbuster hit on, on the screen in front of you. So it's, you know, I, I personally had my Duff Yomi open, you know, I'm a very big fan of Duff Yomi. Everyone's got different ways of serving Hashem, but the point is that, you know, we, we all have to, work together. That's the collaborative aspect. It's a unity project. And I do still have a long list of musicians. For example, Yosef Danil, who just came into the studio and he just now did a song for the Shabbat projects. You know, I work with him. He calls me his manager, but I, I, didn't, I never took on a management agreement. I took on a booking agreement, which is different. Um, means I don't have responsibility as much, which I prefer. Um, but I am able to enable them to get jobs and, and help them with their careers. Uh, music careers and it's very important to me to keep helping them. I want to help the, him as a speaker as well. I want to help, you know, there's a whole long list, Mordechai Ben Avram, uh, there's a long list of people and it's got a bit quiet recently because I think organizations are just grappling with their own struggles and with the current financial s challenges. But I'm there, I'm ready. I've got like around 15 people ready, you know, 15 acts and, and speakers. I'm ready to do the massive events and large tours once the world, you know, is ready for it. And I'm going to do my whatever I can to build and be a part of those, that process of, of not just entertainment, but, you know, spiritual upliftment. Because people come out of these events changed, yeah? They, 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 they take on themselves, um, you know, the teachings of Rav Oresh, that they want to actually start talking to God and not just, you know, um, superficially, they really want to have a relationship with with the Creator, and that that's a that's a life changing um, experience. Um, you know, it changed my life to to connect to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and and His teachings, and that's once again that ties in with the message of Avraham Avinu. I mean, it's all one thing. You know, that's that's the United Souls flow that I'm focusing on, and trying to bring out a more of a message in the world. It's an, it's, there's too much division and we need to be more focused on unity and how we can work together amongst all the different rabbis and organizations and all the different influences and all the musicians and all the different content that we're putting out there as a people. We need to realize it's, it's a united experience. It's not my agenda. It's not anyone else's agenda. It's a Kodesh Baruch's agenda. We are this, the pipeline for this inspiration as the Jewish people. We have a job. We're not... We never, we never were fired. We never got uh, time off. We are 24-7 and until Mashiach's coming and beyond, we are employed by Hashem to be messengers to the world of, of oneness, of unity, of Hashem Achad. And we have to bring that out, you know, without any arguments. And, and the arguments, if there are, have to be for that, for that mission, not right. for the What advice for do you agendas, have? You know? We'll end off with just two last things, quick... Uh... What advice do you have for organizations or, or people looking to get into this space of spreading Torah, spreading the light, spreading Torah ideas? Um, any advice for them? I think everyone has to be open to collaborate. I think like what we just did now, everyone needs to be in contact with each other. Be more like Hashem. Just like Hashem wants us to be no saying, to be a giver, Obviously, you know, I have Mordechai Weinberger in my head. He's LCSW, a friend of mine, another important person. He, he, he would tell me you have to have boundaries and balance and that my wife would agree with that. You know, obviously everything with Shalom Bias and everything with, you know, your Hinuch, that all has to come first and do your obligations to your family before helping change the world. Um, like we say, and Hanukkah's coming up, we'll end off with this, that we know that in Hilkas Hanukkah that, Shalom bias adif. The shalom bias, having shalom bias. If you have a choice between 
Shabbos candles or Hanukkah candles, it's more important to have the Shabbos candles. Yeah, because Shalom Bayas Adif, Shalom Bayas having peace in the home is preferred over the mitzvah pasuminisa of spreading the light, sharing the light. Now, one of the beautiful things, this is my own Chiddush, is I'm a descendant from Aaron a Cohen. I'm a Cohen. And my father, my uncle, the people who did these giant events were our Kohenim. I believe we have a power to take the Olamatol, the chaos that's going on in the world, and to bring Shalom. That's our mission as, as descendants of Aaron Akoin, Oev Shalom, Rod of Shalom, Karim Nabriyas, the Torah. And just to end off on that point, you know, your name's Aaron as well, but Aaron Akoin, it was his Rotson that wanted the Menorah, the Ho'ad Lachas Neiris of Hanukkah. It's from his Rotson because he didn't get the the uh, the Matnas Nasim. He didn't get that. The Nasim, but bringing the Dissin Nasim, coming to the base of Migdus, the Mishkan at that time. And there was 12 Nasim. So the 13th day, we read the Kriya from Aaron Akoin and Parshat Balascha of lighting up the Neiris after Parshat Naso. So the idea is that we have the power to mudlik, to light up the world. And now it's Aaron Akoin, everyone should be a Kohen Gadol. Every single person in their home should light up. When a wife lights her Shabbos candles, she's the Kohen Gadol. When a man lights up his Hanukkah candles, he's the Kohen Gadol. When a child lights Hanukkah candles, when he brings, does another mitzvah, she does another mitzvah, or even he's in between people, you know, nowadays, the people don't know what they are. If they do a mitzvah, they light up the world. It doesn't matter what they are, a person can light up this world with a mitzvah, with a little bit of light, a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of encouragement, of warmth, a little bit of love, whatever level it is. And if we're able that, Nakuda Tova, that little bit of good, that Aaron Cohen wanted so much, a little light, to light up the, the base of English that would shine out to the world, if we can do that in our own homes, in our own hearts, on a daily level, and how we interact with each other online, how we post content, how we talk to people, people message us, to give them the time of day, don't ignore them, like there's some famous people I message, and it's so relevant for them, and they just ignore me, like as if they're above me, you know? And I mokul them, they're busy, they're this, they're sensitive, whatever their excuses are. And I mokul them and we move on. But the, and I keep messaging them anyway, that's another thing. I'm always going ahead. That's one of the reasons they call me LEP Music. Uh, there's a whole story why that is on Facebook, but someone once said in Italy, my uncle in Italy, said the P should be for persistence. Because you have to be persistent. You have to push, and he said that about me, and I, I think that's true. I think that's a, a, a trait, but it's persistent with getting out the light. And try every avenue, try different ways, get advice. You know, obviously listen to the big successful people out there, but at the same time, listen to your soul. You have so much inside giving you the right advice, and not to listen to the HR, not to listen to the things trying to hold you back to do your mission. And to make sure once again, once in a while, you, you, when you really need to speak to the Rabbonim and, and get the advice on a, on a Torah, Das Torah level. And this is my Das Torah. This is, this is what Shem wants me to do. It's very obvious. It's not something which is like, you know. And uh, hopefully the people who are or in all the different situations who are fighting and this and that, they'll come to the realization that they'll be much more impactful, not by... Uh, creating controversy, Amen. but actually by joining together. And I think that that would be my message to people, that the path of Aaron, not only doesn't want to light up in the world, but he does it through peace. He does it through Ahava. And I never, you can, I, I challenge anyone, go look for a political post from me. In 10 years of posting online, and I don't think you'll find one. Yeah? Anywhere. And I've posted thousands, thousands and thousands all over the internet. And you'll see my, my internet fingerprint. You go look, there's not one political divisive post anywhere. So thank God I want to keep that going. And uh, that message of unity should, should, uh, should share. I'm not saying politics is divisive. It can be unifying as well. That's why I mentioned Unity 2020. There is ability to unify in politics as well. doesn't mean you can't be political. But I would never take the political uh, focus on divisiveness. That should never be by any of us. That's not our path. Thank you so much for your time. And I go back to calling you Reb, at least Reb, because the things you've said today are deserving of respect, the uh, ability to be humble and not see yourself in part of this whole plan that you have is uh, quite respectful and amazing. And always, thank you guys for joining me again on another conversation. This conversation was really cool and awesome. Um, it's inspiring to see somebody who's so successful um, at so many things but yet can always
always attribute his success to Hashem and to God, really not see himself in part of this picture. And that's, that's really cool. Another key takeaway was his ability to learn from not just Jewish podcasters, but he constantly was quoting Joe Rogan. And in the beginning, he said his appreciation to Gary Vee. And I think that's important because there's so many great teachers and leaders out there that we can learn from. And I'm, I myself engage in that kind of content as well. And I find it um, inspiring to see somebody who has, takes that content, takes that information that he learns online, and is able to channel it towards getting Rav Arusha's Torah out, his ideas of unity and Torah in general, out to the masses. And that's really uh, an important message. So I appreciated that. I hope you did too. Next week, stay tuned for a great conversation that I have with quite a different personality. His name is Dan Coleman from Houston, Texas. Just a great guy, great conversation, another person who feels a responsibility for the Jewish people. So join me again next week. 